And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will True, J.K. Will C. Coming to you from Long Island, New York on July the 8th of 2023. Years been flying by, but we promised you that Sean Thomas would be back. And Sean Thomas is back. Sean, what is going on, but how are you making out? Well, man, glad to be back, man. Um, appreciate you, man. And uh, I'm making out well, man. All is good. Ready to talk sports, man. Um, you know, glad to be back with you alongside and uh, ready to get this thing shucking and jiving, as they say, Will. Okay, shucking and jiving. Absolutely. Well, you know what? What's shucking and jiving right now? Those New York Metropolitans. And we'll start off here with New York baseball. They are the hottest team in New York right now. Their winners are six in a row. They're 42 and 46. We understand what's going on with them. But at that same point in time, they're only six and a half out of the wild card, the last wild card. And really, for any Met fan, you got two more games going into the All-Star break. Guys are hitting at the right time. Pitching staffs coming through against the Giants, sweeping of the Diamondbacks. They won last night in extra innings against the San Diego Padres. So right now, this team, they're playing good, but they need to figure out some things. Uh, more specifically, their bullpen. And they got to find their way in order to get guys like Justin Berlander and Max Scherzer some, some innings. And they're doing that right now. And not only that, but they're, this rookie sensation, Kodai Senga, has been absolutely been the best Mets pitcher on this roster right now. Who would have thunk that? But Mets right now as a whole, they're scoring runs. Even when they were losing games, they're scoring runs. The problem is their bullpen and their pitching staff couldn't really hold things down. But they're winners right now of six in a row right now. So that's pretty incredible. Sean is the resident Mets fan here. Sean, how do you feel about the Mets right now going into the All-Star break? And, you know... Yeah, you got two more games, but they've been playing rather relatively well. What have been your thoughts on your New York Mets? So recently, well, we've been playing well. And I think the difference in the six games, I was talking to uh, my uh, co-worker about this last night. The Mets aren't home. And, well, there's just something about when a team has high expectations, as the Mets do, because of the players on the roster, and the payroll, and who owns the team, yada, yada, yada. There's going to be tremendous expectations. And when those expectations aren't being met, and you're home, and you got to hear it every day from the media, and family, and friends, and you can't walk your dog without somebody saying, um, Pete, you suck, Lindor, you suck, Vogelback, you suck. There's just something about being away, being on the road, only having yourselves to depend on and so on and so forth. Well, so, well, I don't think the Mets will have one six straight if they were home. I honestly don't. I think the, and they're not even close to home. They're all the way West. So they swept the Diamondbacks. They won the first series against the Padres last night. They won the last two games at home. Well, and so I think we're playing well. The pitching has been there. The pitching in, you know, all three games of the Diamondback series was very good. Uh, the pitching last night was okay to, to to you know keep us in contention to win, and well, I don't think we're going to sweep the Padres. I think the Padres will get either the game today or the game tomorrow. But if we could win the series, 
going into the All-Star break. I think that would be great because we're coming out the All-Star break. Guess what? We're back home where the Mets don't want to be because they haven't played well at home, and we play the Dodgers. That's not a recipe for success after the break. So if they could win the series, either win today and or tomorrow, well, that would be great. But recently we're playing well, and maybe, maybe, just maybe this will have the team buy at the trading uh, deadline in a couple weeks and not sell because the Mets do have pieces to sell, but will, and you hit the nail right on the head, pal, bullpen. The Mets have everything else. Pitching, check. Hitting, check. Manager, check. Experience, check. They just need at least two arms in in the pen. I think David uh, Robinson, former uh, Yankee, I think he's okay to get the job done uh, closing games. Just the bullpen. Well, if we if we continue to win and we address that, listen, forget about winning the National League East. The Braves are going to run away and hide out with that. Just get in the playoffs. You have extra spots now for the wildcard teams. Focus on that. Because, well, as we've seen, once you get in, anything can happen, Bill. And when you're looking at guys that have been playing well over this course of time, Francisco Alvarez has been basically a spark plug for the Mets. Brett Beatty has been a spark plug for the Mets. These two young guys have been absolutely downright critical to the Mets' success. And not only that, but, you know, when we're looking at guys like Brandon Nemo, Sean, I know we spoke prior to this on the outside of it. He is one of the best Mets. But when you're looking at what Pete Alonso can bring to the table, he is definitely one of those Mets that, when you think about the best, the best Mets, he is the face of the franchise, no doubt about it. And not only that, too, but you got Francisco Lindor finding his way and finding his groove here as well in the offensive side of things. And Tommy Pham has been one of the more consistent Mets out there this year. So in a way, it's been great to see the Mets going on a six-game winning streak right now. And it's nice to see the fans just basically saying, you know what, all right, you're sucking me back in right now. This is a good thing. And maybe during, this isn't one of these July, August meltdowns right now. Maybe this might have been the best thing for this team to go out there and lose, and even though you don't want to lose like you did in July, uh, in June, excuse me. At least the common Met collapse, the common Met theme is always about the collapse at the wrong time. Maybe this is the right time in, in order to get hot. Well, what Buck Showalter has done, I don't know why in the past he had Starling uh, Marte batting number two. I don't have no idea why he had that. Sometimes you can out outsmart yourself. But, well, to me, there's very few teams that can that has a better top four than Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, and Polar Bear Pete. Very few teams have a dynamic one through four as the Mets have. Of course, the Braves could, you know what I'm saying, um, uh, uh, arrival that. The Yankees, when healthy, can also arrival that. The Dodgers, the Padres. But only those teams, only really those teams can rival those four, but they weren't hitting and whatever the case was. So, you know, and, you know, Pete has come uh, alive. In Lindor, the batting and average isn't where you want it to be, but the home runs are there, the RBIs are there, the on-base is there. And 
Well, Polar Bear is Pete is definitely the face of the team. Definitely that. But I think pound for pound and Nemo is the best player. A pound for pound. Like the guy, speed, running, catching, hitting, yada, yada, yada. And he, he kind of has the face of the franchise look to him. Like if he was on another team, maybe just maybe he'll be the face, quote unquote. But um, well, I think what this six game winning streak has done for the team is prove to themselves that, hey, we're a good team. Just because we're 42 and 46, yes, your record is what your record is, and the Mets have to live uh, uh, with that will, but I think this winning streak has proven to them, like, we can do this. There's a reason why we won 101 games uh, last year, because we're a damn good team. So, well, it would suck if we don't win this uh, series, but I, I think if we can just get this series, get into the break on the hot streak. You never, never know. And eventually teams are going to decide to sell. And the Mets will need to go for the big fish. Let Otani hit the free agency. Steve Cohen can outbid anybody. He's proven it. <laughs> he can outbid anybody. And I think he will. But that's a conversation for another, another time. Fix the bullpen. If you fix the bullpen, we have the starting... Uh, rotation. I think uh, Quintana's coming back af after the break. That's another arm. And we have the hitting. The hitting is coming around. And we'll look, like you said, Francisco Alvarez. We, we've we heard about him the past couple of years. You know, the Mets got this catcher guy, like this guy, you know, in double A and this guy in triple A, yada, yada, yada. And he's, you know, doing the things. He's burst on the scene. And his average isn't where you want it to be, but I mean, I think he has a home run, what, three or four straight games? Like the guy's setting the cover off the ball. So, like you said, we're getting help from the younger guys on the team, Alvarez and uh, Brett uh, Beatty as well. So, well, I'm happy right now. I wasn't happy two weeks ago in June. Well, there's 30 days in June. The Mets played 26 games, and they won seven. That is embarrassing. <laughs> but so far, so good. July has treated us well, so let's see how uh, they do, bro. Well, you're going to have to find out because, like you said before, the final two games going into the All-Star break, you got to play up against the Padres at Petco Park. Then the All-Star break, home run derby, two days off, you got to play up against the Dodgers for three games, have a day off on July 17th, and then you got to go up against the White Sox at home before having to ship up to Boston uh, in, in the following week, so in the following two weeks here. So it is something, but all these games right now that you played up against, they're all against wild card teams, and this is something that you want to see them get back into. But we'll find out what's going on with the New York Mets the next time we come back at you. All right, Chirucci and Thomas with you here on the On the Board Sports Podcast. And we got to switch over from the National League side of things to the American League side of things with the team that – I root for the Yankees. They've been an absolute downright joke since Aaron Judge went down with his foot injury. And since then, the Yankees, they just can't really find their ground. And they are where they are right now, no doubt about it. They're fourth place, yes. They're over 500, yes. Seven games over 500, to be exact. And their last 10 games, five and five. But... I got to say this right now, when you are, when you are 
legitimately batting for at least one, you are where you are statistically at the bottom and you call yourself the Bronx Bombers for a reason, it is, it's not where you want to be. Doubles, 29th in Major League Baseball, right? Home runs, bottom tier, the top five right now. Batting average, bottom tier of the league right now. You know, you can look at on base percentage, bottom. Any statistical category, team batting, that we're looking at, team batting, that this Yankee squad is in right now, they are horrible. They are atrocious right now. And, yeah, I get it. The aforementioned Aaron Judge, he's not in there right now. But the other guys that you think would be the guys that would step up, they wouldn't be. Aaron Aaron Judge said him already. Wow. Uh, John Carlos Stanton, where has he been? Anthony Rizzo, where has he been? Okay. Josh Donaldson, people want to run him off on rail. Where has he been? Okay. You get the you get the theme, you get the idea. DJ LeMahieu, guy that usually gets on base, the hit machine. Where has he been? Right. So I get it. Baseball goes through its ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. But when you're the Yankees and you're relying on these guys that have been notable contributors over this over this course of the past couple of years, and they hit rock bottom like this without Aaron Judge. And if they lose this weekend coming up to the Cubs or lose this series, you have to consider selling. You have to consider selling right now. And I don't want to hear Yankee fans telling me, well, you know, they're, they're in it right now because they're in the wild card spot. No, you know, I don't want to see this team in the playoffs knowing that they can't get on base. They can't get, you know, they can't score with runners in scoring position. And yeah, it would be nice to see Aaron Judge come back and make a little run. Don't get me wrong on that. I think any Yankee fan would be happy about that. But if you're looking at this team right now and you're saying to yourself, what's going on here? You know, it, it is what it is. And Sean, I, I turn it over to you because that, that's enough of me ranting on about this. But the Yankees had problems of their own right now that just – Outside of their, their pitching staff being very good and their bullpen being very good, where where do you see this team going right now, man? It, it's just not good. Well, I feel like the strengths and weaknesses the Yankees have, I wish the Mets had, and the strengths and weaknesses the Mets have, I think, the Yankees have. Because if I'm a Mets fan, well, well, I am. I would take a great, you know, one through five and a great bullpen. The Yankees have both. And a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But, well, I think you hit the nail on the head, pal. I mean, okay, well, number one, guys have been hurt. Stanton misses his usual games. Judge is hurt right now on a great play. I mean, that was one of the best plays of the year. Of course. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, uh, Rizzo has missed time. Um, a, a bunch of guys uh, has missed time. So, you know, of course, the one that doesn't help. Number two, the Yankees are trying to incorporate some young guys, Volpe and Quadero and these guys. So it's like 
you you gotta suffer with the growing pains of them. I'm with suffering of the growing pains with their people. <clears throat> That's without a shadow of a doubt. This guy has come through and he's played rather relatively well over it, and you gotta go through growing pains. That's absolutely. No, yeah, yeah, right. All right, uh, definitely that. But well, I think what the Yankees' issue is is that they're struggling with consistency right now. The Yankees will win four out of five, five out of six. They'll lose four out of five, five out of those six. And, well, it's like you said, you know, I actually uh, um agree with you. Yes, the Yankees are in wild card contention right now, but the Rays are going to most likely win. Like the Rays have 50, 50, 57 wins. I mean, I mean, 57 wins by July 8th is crazy. <laughs> so I think the Rays are going to run uh, run away with that, Will. But, well, I think the dynamic is a little different because these next couple weeks for both teams, Will, for the Yankees and the Mets, are going to be very crucial because do the Yankees believe they can make a run? I know you right now don't. But well, if the, the Yankees win seven out of ten, eight out of twelve, that's going to change a lot of pe- people's minds. That's going to change uh, their minds as well. I think the Yankees just have to get healthy. I know Judge, um, something about he can't put too much uh, pressure on the toes. He don't know what's happening with that. Well, the Yankees also have to get Luis Severino straight. The other night, giving him what seven runs in two innings, that was bad. That was really, really bad. So I know I'm like jumping different places here, but I think that's what the issue is. I'm inconsistent, Will, in my evaluation of the team because the Yankees are consistently inconsistent, but they're winning. They're in contention, quote, unquote. So, um, you know, these next couple couple weeks, Will, are going to be very, very crucial. But, Will, I have a question for you because as I do, and obviously – you do as well. We listen to sports uh, radio and we watch these uh, talk shows. Mr. Aaron Boone. Well, I'm a fan of Aaron Boone. I'm, I'm because, well, it's a player's game. Aaron Boone can only do but so much. If Judge is hurt and Stanton's hurt and Mayhew's hurt and Rizzo's hurt, he has to play who he has. With that being said, well, even when guys have been healthy and guys have been hurt this season, specifically, he hasn't made the best moves. Everybody knows that. Every uh, a manager makes the wrong call, the right call. Will, how critical of the next two weeks slash rest of the season is it for Aaron Boone? Because, Will, if the Yankees have to sell and the Yankees selling at the deadline is foreign, like it never happens, how critical is the rest, is the rest, is these next couple of weeks and the rest of the season for Aaron Boone? Because, Will, if the Yankees have to sell, Aaron Boone in the next two, three months won't be employed by this team any much uh, longer though. I like Aaron Boone as a human being. This guy is one of the, the nicer guys. You can see it on TV. I've never met the guy in person, but you can see it on TV. You can see what, what he is as a human being. And he's a great, great man like that. But as a manager, he's just not it. He never has been it. And the thing is, with some of the, you know, some of the things, yeah, bad luck happened in 2019, uh, trying to force a game six, trying to force game seven against Houston. And then afterward, you know, we could talk about the managerial decisions all you want, but that that's for another time. But right now, 
like when we're looking at it, let's say if they do lose the next coming weeks, this guy's going to be employed. This guy's going to be employed. He signed a three-year extension with with the squad. The Yankee brass right now looks as if they. We heard Hal Steinbrenner talk. I don't know whether it was on the uh, the Michael K show or on uh, Barton Roberts, but it, it's out there that he basically said, "Oh, we're over five hundred right now. We're in a playoff spot. Why are we booing? Why are we booing the fans? Why are we booing the team right now?" And it's like you don't get it. The fan base, you know, the ownership group here doesn't get it. And this guy. In whether it's Hal, whether it's, you know, you know, whether it's Randy Levine, whether it's who, Brian Cashman, too, another guy that should get thrown under the bus immediately. This ownership group here has to take full responsibility for this year. It's not it's not about, you know, the team on the field. I think we all knew what we were kind of getting ourselves into with regards to talking about Volpe and talking about, you know, other guys trying to get guys some playing time. But in all reality, when you had the opportunity to fire the general manager in order to get some sort of new, new fresh, fresh breath of air in here, right? Could have gotten a new manager in the process, somebody to try and spark things up. And you keep the same old, same old here, and it's just it's average, it's mid, it's not good. So what Aaron Boone has done here, it's good. He's done a lot of good things here, but he took over a Joe Girardi team from 2018 on, he did. And you know, you, you subtract a couple of pieces here and there, it is what it is. But the consistent theme here is the ownership group of the New York Yankees with Hal and the Steinbrenner family and Randy Levine and all these guys. So, you know, Aaron Judge being hurt, yes, it sucks. But at that same point in time, you know, they're not, it's the same old, same old. You know, and when you see the stats in the bottom of the league where they are, dead last in doubles, you know, nearly dead last in batting average, nearly dead last in on-base percentage. You know, what, what does that tell me as a fan? Okay. And seeing with the way how they go with these all or nothing type of players, it's never, it's outside of 2016 going into 2017. There really hasn't been any bad stretch here for the Yankees, but I digress. It, it, do I see Aaron Boone to answer your original question? Again, going on another rant. Uh, do I see Aaron Boone going over here and staying here for another two, three months? I do. I think it would be unprofessional and it would be uncharacteristic for this ownership group to go in and fire Aaron Boone uh, during the year, per se, when they gave him, when they have all the confidence in the world with him. And when, you know, the ownership group has come out and said publicly that Aaron Boone is your manager, you can't retract on that now. So it, it is, it is what it is. And they're also seven games over 500. So if they keep on losing games and they get to a point where they're under 500, like really quick by the end of July, then you might have, then you might have some talk, but until then with the way how it is, 
I can't picture Boone being being gone. Off season, okay. Right now, no. You know, well, I felt Brian Cashman should have been axed a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I feel that way is because Brian Cashman will, and I think you agree with me on this. Oh, maybe, maybe not. Brian Cashman, when it's all said and done, he deserves a plaque, a statue, whatever the case may be. This man has made a lot of great moves that led to a lot of winning championships, Hall of Hall of Fame guys. Brian Cashman's one of the greatest. GMs in the history of the game. I mean, that's just, I mean, it is what it is. However, Will, well, I'm 34. I'll be 35 come November. Well, from since I could remember as a child, I think three, four years old, my mom used to always tell me, Sean, nothing lasts forever. Everything has an expiration date. Everything must come to an end. And I think the Yankees are so lockstep with him because of past success they're not seeing the lack of recent success or lack thereof and well because the yankees are so great historically success for the yankees is what championships if the yankees do not win a championship that is a failure mm-hmm. it is that simple that is a standard that but the franchise has that, set that, for that, it that's itself. the that's the george steinbrenner model this isn't the house right. right now Right, correct, correct. But because of that, I think Cashman should have been asked a while ago because, well, like you said, you keep on retreading the old style because it's worked before. It isn't working now. You have to adapt. You have to adapt. You have to adapt. And, you know, I think if he fails to adapt to what where baseball is going to, <clears throat> I think the Yankees are going to continue to struggle because he's only going to bring in players that is used to playing the way that he wants to play. Players that has brought past success, but you can't rely on the past all the time. You have to see what's in the now, see what's in the new. So I do think a new set of eyes will help. I think a younger set of eyes will, well, well, you have guys being hired as GMs and president of baseball ops at 34 years old like our age, <laughs> like 35, 36 years old, like young, young guys. So right. I do think that it is above Boone because, well, I think, I think we even said at the time when Boone got the job, that was like a, for lack of a better term, a puppet move. Like the Yankees weren't going to get someone that was big, broad and had a voice. They were going to get someone that they could kind of tell what to do. And we've seen it, you know, um, you know what I mean? So I think, Boone is okay. I think it's bigger than Boone. I think the Yankees got to start there, bringing a new set of guys who want to run the team a new set away and just see how that goes. Because, well, the future is still bright for this team. Judge is still going to be the captain for a long time. Volpe's going to be here for a long time. The Yankees have players that are going to be here for a long, long time. So, um, But, you know, trying to retread Anthony uh, Rizzo and Donaldson and the LeMahieu deal, from a numbers standpoint, it looked good, but from a performance standpoint, doesn't. As of at least as of you know I'm saying, uh, 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 right now. So, you know, it will. You know, we shall see. Like you said, seven games over five hundred, so they are a winning team. <laughs> but yeah, seven games over five hundred, right? Right, seven games over 
500 on July 8th is not the standard will. The no. Yankees are used to being 17 over, 20 over, 22 over. So we shall see, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We shall see indeed. And, you know, they, they're in a wild, they're one game out of a wild card spot right now if the season were to end today, and it's not looking pretty for them. So they got to figure it out, and they got to figure it out fast. All right, Chirucci and Thomas with you here on the On the Board Sports Podcast. And we got to end the show. I know there's been, you know, some NBA talk, but really from the local side of things, nothing really going on, just a lot of rumors regarding the Knicks and the Nets situations right now. Uh, but we got to finish here because Sean's wearing an Islanders shirt. And I, I love that. We got to finish here this episode with the Islanders right now. I've been hosting a couple of Twitter spaces, been getting a lot of traction, been getting a lot of views on this. And when you're looking at the fan base right now, they're kind of mad and they're kind of, you know, they want to see a big fish here. And the rumors that have been going around that Alex DeBrickett might be a New York Islander, he might be a Detroit Red Wing, it's been absolutely crazy. But also the fact that Mulan Rolo has been going out and he's been, you know, re-signing guys to ma- almost maximum term, like crazy term. For example, seven years for Scott Mayfield, three and a half mil. You look at Pierre Engel, seven years, three mil per year. You look at what's going on. Ilya Sorokin, I have no problem with the Sorokin contract at all. He's 27 going on to age 28 at this point in time. And he's making, he's going to make next year eight, eight and a quarter, eight and a quarter mil, right? So there's that. And then when we're looking at it right now, Semyon Barlamov coming back on a four-year deal worth about, you know, 2, 2.8, 2.9, somewhere along there. The money isn't the problem, it's the term. But the only way how the term can work out is to keep the number, the AAV, low. And that right there alone is something that's different. And we're running it back with the same squad again. Do I have a problem with running it back with the same squad? No. But... I'm going to give my co-host here a lot of credit because for years, that's all I've been hearing him say. This team needs a top six, top six winger. They need somebody that's going to go out there and score. And that's been a consistent theme for years. And I've been kind of ignoring it. And I've been saying, well, they need some character guys, which they've gotten over the course of time. And Pajot, guy that could go out there and kill penalties. He could do it all. Bo Horvat go out there and kill penalties, win face-offs, get in the dirty areas, do all that outside of the goal scoring. He did that. But it's been the constant, constant theme of trying to get somebody to put pucks in the back of the net consistently. And maybe with Matt Barzell and Bo, Bo Horvat being over here, maybe they can develop some chemistry here. No doubt. Maybe they can. But... I think that if you're going to sleep on the Islander team right now, I think you're crazy, and I think you're you're underselling what this team can do. But again, it's the Islanders. People want to have them as their punching bag in that regard. And I'll turn it over to Sean right now. Uh, what have been your thoughts on the Islander offseason this far? Well, you know, so the the Britain cat player we have 
to get him because, well, it's one of those things where I'm so against running it back with the same team because it's similar to the uh, Yankees. Well, going to the Eastern Conference uh, finals back to back years, that was that was great. You know, and then the game seven, obviously, that we lost, that was, you know, rough, yada, yada, yada. But, well, I think because of that, and, you know, a lot of players from those two, from those teams are still here. I think because of that, Lou is, Lou is almost wants to see this through. He doesn't want a complete roster overhaul, which we both agree. Islanders don't need a complete roster overhaul. But I think, because of those back-to-back runs, Lou believes that the core is still there and he wants to see this core through. And well, the only problem with that is you have to build around the core. And I think Lou is on a bad job at that. If you consider Barzi the core and these other guys the core, that's great. The Padre move well at the time, great. I love the move. I still think it was uh, a good move. The Horvat move, great. I love the move. I still think that it's a good move. But is Lou just trading and signing guys to trade and sign guys? Or is he trading and signing the right guys? Well, I'm the type of guy, I don't want the most talented players. I want the players that are right for the team. I want the players that fit what we do. Well, not to bring basketball into this, but real quick, the Denver Nuggets were not the most talented team in the NBA world. Hell no. Absolutely not. But they realize we have a superstar here. Nikola Jokic is a bona fide stud. And look who they added around him. Murray, Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Caldwell Pope. And it eventually it came and they won. The Islanders, if you believe in this core led by Matt Barzell, which I have my questions on him too, but that's a conversation for another time, Will. You have to identify the players and build around him. Well, it may not be through a free agency. It may be through building the farm and bringing these guys up. It may be through identifying players on trades and using some uh, certain guys or certain players from the farm or draft picks, yada, yada, yada. But, well, I've always been on the, you know, top five, top six, top five, top six, winger score, winger score, because, well, how many times will are we gonna watch the Islanders lose two to one? No, How many times are we gonna see them lose one 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 zip or three two? Well, you look at hockey games now, teams are scoring five goals, six goals. We don't need to score five, six goals to win. But damn, can we score three goals? Can we score three goals? <laughs> like it's not hard for other teams. Why is it hard for us? Why is it hard for us? It's easier said than done. I think it's more, it's more of the, it's on the players per se, just trying to buy into their, their system. And, you know, when we're looking at the coaching staff, like for years, since Barry was here, right. Their power play had their head coach has been different, whether it was Scott Gomez running the power play, then you get Jim Hiller from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then he goes over to the, you know, to the uh, the LA Kings. He kind of turns it around for them, per se, in that sense. And, you know, they get the, uh, they get this other guy here, Miller, I think. It, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out for them. But 
you know, there's probably going to be some changes here, no doubt. But regarding the uh, the special teams, but that's something that's been really killers has been their power play, and they've been good five on five statistically speaking. But when it comes to getting the extra man advantages, they haven't been good, and they've historically outside of last year under the Lou Amarillo era, they've been one of the worst power play units in the league. Maybe they're trying to sacrifice some offense for some defense, and they've been one of the best penalty kills uh, in the league, no doubt. But when we're looking at it from that perspective of just trying to, you know, just trying to make this team better right now, there's got to be some sort of philosophy here. There's got to be players that have to be held to a certain standard. And on top of it, you got to put players in the right spots to succeed on on this power play. So by ha- we can go, we can talk about this, but we'll we'll uh, we'll leave that for another day. We'll leave that for like our our season preview with this team. But to me, I, I just look at it, man, and I just say to myself, it has to get better. It has to, and I got to find a way. And with the Brinkett, he's got to make a decision right now uh, regarding what is what's going on regarding that because it's holding up a lot of the free agent pool uh, as well that's left so sure yeah, i saw um i saw a report it's he's trying to decide between the islanders and detroit yeah i'm not sure how much believable that is but um you know we've seen players consider the islanders in another team and well it never works out no it never does. for us it never works out for us if a guy trying to choose between us and another team, the other team always gets it. Even going back to your boy, Will, your boy. Even going back as far as that, uh, <laughs> your boy. <laughs> well, we're not we're not going to mention him because he did what he had to do. Um, but when we're talking about like Panarin, uh, you know, Kadri, I'm not even going to count Goudreau because he said that he didn't even give us a, any consideration. Uh going over to Columbus afterward, even though he was linked with New Jersey, uh, you know, and then, and then you're looking at right now, what happened, what's happening right now with the Brinkett, even though he's a restricted free agent, you know, it all depends on what's going on here with, with the Brinkett and what he wants to do. Does he want to go home and be comfortable or does he want to be here in, in, a, in a pretty good situation right now with a pretty good top? I mean, you're going to play with Horvath and Barzell, We'll figure it out, but whatever it is, what it is, we're going to figure it out uh, as as time goes on, and we're going to see. We're all just victims of circumstance at that point in time. All right, Sean, it's been great talking with you. Any final thoughts? Well, just glad to be back, man. Uh, glad to talk sports. Um, you know, well, um, you know, when you look at the real quick, when you look at the summer months, bro. You look at June, July, August, it's like, oh my God, there's there's no sports. Well, I'm actually enjoying there not being a lot happening because so much sometimes you get caught up in all four major sports or three major sports going on at the same time. It, right now, in terms of sports, there's like a calmness. It's 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 real easy going. And well, you know, obviously with the baseball, well, my final thought is this, well, I know as a Yankee fan, it sucks right now. First of all, as a Mets fan, it sucks. But, well, do you know what's going to happen in 11 days? Do you know what's starting in 11 days, Will? 
Sorry, had myself on mute. Football. Aaron Rodgers reports to training camp in New Jersey. <laughs> and that's a conversation for a whole other day, Will. But football's going to be here before you know it. And then as baseball is ending, basketball starting up. So just enjoying the summer and the baseball. Hopefully Mets get back into a Yankee State uh, in a power. But just, but just glad to be talking sports with you, pal. And uh, let's see how these uh, baseball teams do. And Islanders, get the brinket. You need them. You mm-hmm. need them. We're going to find out. We're going to find out if, if they get the brinket or a top six guy because they're, they're so strapped for uh, – their cap space right now, but regardless, no final thoughts here, just outside of, can it be football season already? Can it legitimately be football season? I'm tired of seeing, you know, pictures of Aaron Rodgers in a practice jersey. Just let it be game action right now at this point, you know? But hey, Will, can I uh, ask you uh, one more thing real quick? Um, This whole Revis Klecko beef, what's your thoughts on that, pal? Because what is what what is supposed to be a great weekend? <laughs> and you know what, Jake Asman, shout out to Jake. Shout out to Jake Asman, right? He's been putting out some solid content over the course of time, and we're big fans of his. Obviously, I I've gotten to meet the great Jake Asman in person. Nice guy. But regardless, dude, it's it is what it, it's so ridiculous, right? He. Revis puts it out there on Twitter after the the whole uh, interview with Klecko happened. There's something that happened right then and there. And, and this is the beauty about Jake Asman. He nipped it in the butt. He nipped it in the butt. He got Revis on. He let Revis explain his situation. It's minor at the end of the day. It's just Revis's, you know, over a text message and what happened with, with Klecko. It, it is what it is. There's nothing that we can do about it. And for me personally, looking at it as a Jet fan and as a Jet season ticket holder, that that whole time overshadowed, in my opinion, Revis and Clark were getting in. Now, we're going to find out what's going to happen, what they're going to be like at the Hall of Fame. But it's, uh, it, who cares at the end of the day? You know, it's minor stuff. You cannot overshadow what, what's about to happen on the weekend of August 3rd to August 5th in Canton, Ohio. So we'll uh, we'll find out more as the time goes on. But Sean, it's been a great time talking with you. And I'm glad that you're back on. And to the people out there, follow us at Shawnee on the mic and at Will Trucci on our personal handles and on the On The Board Sports handle, as you can see on the sign right there, uh, at On The Board Sports. So... You know, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, we're trying here. We're trying to to do this. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for being a part of the show and following and, you know, giving us some some input on what what has to be done over here. But on that note, we'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Stay safe out there wherever you are. Enjoy your your summer coming up and, you know, we'll catch you back here real soon.